Welcome to the How to Anything podcast. My name is Nick Billock, and this podcast is all about translating my 50 or so years on this planet into stories of how to do so many things that sometimes have everything to do with each other and other times nothing at all. My goal in each episode is to tell you the how behind something sprinkled in with life experiences that have literally taken me around the globe. Thanks for tuning in. So let's get on with this episode. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the How To Anything podcast. Welcome back. Uh, my name is Nick and I am surrounded by my children. Well, my animal children. I have, you might be able to hear him. His name is Berkeley. He is on my lap. Say hi, Berkeley. And I have Bella over to my left and currently circulating some ice around my knee. I just had knee surgery this past Monday, and I'm taking this opportunity where I'm icing for a few hours to record this week's podcast. So welcome. Uh, this week we are, well, the, the, the initial title for this podcast was going to be How to Survive Deployments, uh, being that I've deployed before, been in the Navy now for coming up on 26 years this fall. I wanted to talk about that, but then I was at a meeting recently where I heard a friend of mine talking about their spouse that was leaving soon, but wasn't really sure how long they were, they were going to be gone. And this person was going to be traveling around the world uh, into the uh, more like the China Asian areas with not any real clear picture about when um, he would be back. And just thinking about that, I really think I would like to talk more about not just deployments and maybe some stories about how I survived them and some lessons learned perhaps, but this really goes for people who travel a lot for work. They're going to be gone for maybe a few days to a week, two weeks, a month. Uh, I hear a lot of people say things like, man, I can't imagine being gone for a week. Where for me, uh, you know, still once a year at a minimum, I'm going away for two weeks. Uh, just as far as Navy obligations. Uh, but I have done things for several months. I've been out to sea for a week, a couple months, you know, three months, five months. I've uh, been in Afghanistan. That's probably been my longest stretch uh, from away from home was in Afghanistan in 2011. But just wanted to talk about some practical things before you leave home and, and then some personal things. So, and I'm going to bounce all over the place. You know, I, I took some notes. It's, it's always really good before I, I talk to you is to take some notes and jot down the some of the bullet points I want to talk about. But um, I'm going to bounce all over from maybe the, the more personal from a relationship standpoint, but also some of the practical things. So if you have a trip coming up, um, just some things to think through, think, think about. So give you a little bit of background. I always like to talk about you know, where I'm coming from, my basis, my foundation for uh, deployments. So going all the way back, 1991, joined the Navy. And I was on surface ships in the beginning. And I was, I was one of those sailors who didn't have the most traditional start when it came to reporting to my first ship, because the first ship I went to was a ship that was getting ready to be decommissioned. And and put away. And then I went to a pre-commissioning ship, which was a brand new ship. When I reported to it, it wasn't even in the water yet. So 
my early years, I didn't have a whole lot of at sea time. I had a lot of long hours in the shipyard, but not a lot of time at sea. I, I still remember my first time going to sea. It was uh, 1993. It was the USS Virginia, and there was a hurricane coming into the Virginia Beach, Norfolk area. And they basically sent the entire fleet um, of ships out to sea because it was coming straight in. And what ended up happening was it didn't come in. It stayed out to sea. And I spent the whole time in my rack uh, getting sick and eating crackers and just trying to survive to get back. That was my introduction to being at sea. But after that, and I reported to, you know, my second ship, which was a brand new ship. And we definitely had a, time, a lot of time where we were out to sea for two weeks, a month, month and a half, um, what have you, things like that. And then in my third ship, I actually flew out to, to uh, south of Iraq and I met the ship there and I only did like half of the deployment. So back then deployments were around six months. Uh, now they're actually nine months in length. And just in the news, just these last couple of days, the George H.W. Bush uh, aircraft carrier uh, pulled into San Diego. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Norfolk, Virginia, after a nine month deployment, which they were never that long back when I was on, on, on a ship. But yeah, nine months. And that's, you know, some three, four thousand sailors, plus all the other ships, not including the aircraft carrier, but submarines cruisers, all these ships are out there uh, for that length of time. Nine months. I mean, how do you make it nine months, let alone two weeks? Or in my case, um, in like 2011, I was in Afghanistan from April of 2011 until the very first week of um, November. I think I was coming back into the States right around Halloween and walked in the door right there around November 2nd, 3rd, somewhere right in there. So I went through a lot of tough times. Um, I would say from a relationship standpoint, one of the biggest pieces of advice I could tell you right now, and this is a lesson learned, is don't wait uh, till it's time to go to work things out. If there's, if there's things between you and your children, you and a significant other, parents, what have you, especially though, if you're married, you know, your spouse, that you work those things out. Don't think that, you know what, when I'm gone, things will get better. They'll, they'll just work themselves out. They won't. Um, actually, what you're doing is you're creating an environment by having these issues for bad things to happen. You know, the communication is not going to be great. There is this cloud that's hanging over your relationship. Time apart is not going to fix it. It just doesn't fix itself. Like if you dent your car, that dent's going to stay there forever. It's never going to get fixed unless you address it. The same goes with re relationship problems. Unless you address those things, they're just going to get there. And like a dent in your car, that's going to eventually probably rust if you broke the paint in a, in a relationship. That just creates an environment for like that rust and that grit and the, the elements from life to get in there and cause corrosion and everything else. And as I'm saying this, I'm like, a dent in a car is such a great illustration here. It really is. Because if you don't take care of those things, it will just, it'll just rear its ugly head into many other problems that you'll have to deal with. So when I look back on 2011, I remember thinking, 
and maybe even saying, you know, I actually, I remember saying it to my wife, um, back in like 2010. It's like, I feel like we're just roommates. And if you listen to episode six, which was when I talked about, it was basically my testimony talking about how, um, I consider taking my own life through suicide. And during that whole time, I, I really think that if we had the kind of relationship that we have today, 2011 and what happened after my deployment probably would not have happened. I don't know who knows, but we weren't, we didn't, I didn't leave in a good place. You know, if we're, if I'm leaving saying, I feel like we're roommates, spending time in Afghanistan is not going to help matters. So I would say, don't just bury things. If you're the type of person that sweeps things under the rug and would rather be silent and pretend it's not there, I would encourage you to do what's uncomfortable, talk about it, get things right and get things fixed. So that would, that would probably be, if I had to give you any advice about how to get ready, I would do that. You know, don't leave things unsaid. If things need to be said, get them out there. If it, even if it, if it uh, involves ripping the bandaid off, um, I would encourage you to do it. You know, get those things out there. Next thing, communication. So depending on where you're going, uh, it might be a different time zone. Probably a good chance that it is. If it's a business trip in, in the United States, if it's uh, you know central time zone and you happen to be in the eastern, that's only an hour difference. But if you're on the western side or if you're lucky enough to be heading out to Hawaii and you're several hours different, you want to communicate about what the schedules are going to be like. So when you might be waking up on the east coast and the person that you are trying to communicate with is not waking up for six hours, it would be good to know that and what that expectation is going to be. So you know when to communicate, you know, what the what the schedule is going to be. That way you don't have this kind of sending a message or a text or something like that into the great unknown and going, why isn't he or she responding to me? What's going on? Um, what's he doing? And it creates this cloud of uncertainty and suspicion and it's not healthy. So talk about communication and how it's going to be used. Now, communication. In our relationship, there's no doubt who the heavy communicator is. It's me. I am probably like an over-communicator, over-texter, and uh, Margie would be one that she does communicate, but it's not nearly at the level that, that I do. So when I'm communicating, I have to realize that that the person I am communicating with, unless they are sitting there right on their phone and I'm shooting them a text, that they may not even have their phone with them. And they sleep in a lot longer than I do. Uh, who knows what? Um, we just need to recognize what the communication style is of the other person because that, again, can really mess with your head when you're when you're far apart from each other. So talk about that, manage expectations, about connectivity, about response time, you know, that you'll be attentive to that. If you are that person who is the lesser communicator of the two, maybe take this opportunity to try to do a little bit better. I can tell you this, and it's not about jealousy, that when I am away from home, and even if I know my wife is home, but so much time goes by that I don't hear back from whether it was an email or a text or 
whatever it is. Like what's going on? Why did, why doesn't she respond? And she, she knows I, she knows this is important to me. You know, whatever it happens to be fill in the blank. Um, if you're that person who doesn't respond so much, this would be a good opportunity to kind of meet the other person halfway, communicate a little bit better and try to, to kind of ease their mind. Because when you are alone and you're the one traveling and you're out of your normal, you don't sleep in your same bed every night, you're not eating the same food. If you might be in a different country and you're scrambling for food, sleeping on a, a crappy bed every night, and who who knows what it's it's just it's one more thing to kind of rub salt in the wound of being apart and if you can kind of bridge that gap and to communicate maybe a little bit better if you're really not that heavy communicator and another relationship thing there's so many relationship things because really if you can kind of crack the code on relationship things when it comes to separation it goes so much better so this one I wrote down was keep careful not to create an illusion of distrust. Okay. So what does that mean? What do I mean by not creating an illusion of distrust? Okay. Well, with again, electronic communications and apps and things like that, often you may be able to pull up on an app on your phone exactly where a person is that you're trying to communicate with. And it's maybe they're with someone, maybe they're with friends or they're at a location like, I don't really understand why they would be there. This really makes no sense. And then you try to reach out and it's silence on the line, you know, no communications. It really starts to get in your head. And so transparency transparency, transparency about everything, especially if you have a past of distrust, say that trust was broken in the past. When you go to travel, whether it's deployment or being gone for even a week, if there is a past of distrust, even if you have mended everything and you've have forgiven each other and th that thing is behind you, it's not even spoken of before. When you go to be a part again, if there's any kind of inkling that that might just seep into your brain that makes you question, I wonder if, okay? It's, it's just really dangerous. And for me, I will, I say it all the time. I am very, very naive. I am so quick to put all of my trust in people. And it has really done me damage many, many times in my life. And I really try to catch myself and, and stop doing that. But if you are that person like me and you just always trust everybody and think every, no one's going to do you wrong, um, it's tough if there's this illusion of distrust, even if the other person is totally innocent, because then they might come back and say, I was just shopping and I was just this. I, I met a friend for coffee and I left my phone in my purse for the two hours we were talking. That could be a painful two hours if you don't know what's going on. So just think about that. Again, don't always think about yourself. Think about the other person and how they're wired, what they might be doing, what what's their triggers, what bothers them, okay? All right, um, how about a practical thing about taking things from home? 
that create a well, a, a comfort item. For example, I will tell you, I like espresso. I brew it every single morning. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that I have a thing that, that I call my morning pour. And it is this, some people will say annoying, some people will say satisfying. I pour my espresso into a mug every morning and there's no sound but the sound of espresso hitting the bottom of a mug every morning. But I have a travel espresso pot that I take with me that I can plug into any outlet and I can make that espresso anywhere. And I did just that. When I was in Africa in 2020, I just need a power outlet and I can brew that espresso. And I made sure I had the mugs with me, I had the espresso with me, and I was able to do that. It might be a pillow that you just sleep wonderfully when you have this pillow, or just a, a pair of shorts that you sleep in, or um, items that you're going to journal with, or whatever it is, kind of those creature comforts that kind of help, you know, create a touch with home. That That's not a bad idea. Let's go back to another relationship thing. And these are called guardrails. Guardrails, guardrails, guardrails. Um, this is something that we put into place back in that 2011, 2012. Again, that whole time zone. We didn't have this rule before. Uh, we do have this rule now. This is more of an understanding. It's a respect between us. And uh, they're called guardrails. So, for example, I will never put myself in another vehicle with someone of the opposite sex. If I'm having a meeting with somebody, it will not be behind closed doors. Um, in communications, now, based on what I do with the Navy and in real estate, do I communicate via text with other women? Yes, I do. However, if that's an issue of any kind with you, then you want to create some bar barriers there or guardrails uh, when it comes to electronic communications. And be an open book. A guardrail is saying I'm not going to do these things, but it's also a guardrail can be an open book to email and passwords and joint bank accounts and you know setting these conditions up in place to where there can't be sneaking around. That way you have full access all the time. Now I know there's there's definitely some of you listening that's going to push back on that and say, but it's mine. It is me. I'm an individual. Um, that person should not have any access. Um, that kind of flies in the face of oneness. And if you have made a covenant with another person to love them till death do us part, and you would put your life on the line for them, and you are pursuing this oneness together where you're living life together on the same trajectory, on the same path. Yes, you're individuals, but together you're one. Having all these independent things that live in silos off to the left and the right, um, where they're not kind of all working together, that's tough. Now, there can there be some exceptions? Sure, but I would encourage you to not create items that are going to lead you down a path of uh, opportunity to deceive to, for distrust uh, things like that so put up some guardrails that don't put you in that situation now when you go back to uh, being with the opposite sex in a vehicle or in a closed door meeting you know that's a lot in the workplace and i remember having to do this and i remember a job that i had and they were all gone out to lunch and 
you know, one female coworker said, do you want to just ride with me to the restaurant? And I said, actually, my wife and I have this rule that we don't do that. And if there's more people, that's fine. But just us, that's something we just don't do. So putting those guardrails in place, because if you are in a bad place and you are having a tough time, and then you are, you know, becoming in a, in a private space with someone else. I mean, things happen and it's better just to avoid them than to put yourself in a position where you might have to make a, a decision. And at the moment, what are you going to do? So it's better to avoid it than to have to put yourself in that situation. Um, another practical one. What is something that one person does and the other person never does? Okay, so in our household, I take care of the budget. Nice thing about digital communications these days is that I can pull that up on my phone or computer from anywhere in the world. I can balance it. I can log into my bank account. But this might be a good opportunity for me if I were to go away for a long time, which should never happen again. But if I were to, that I might bring her along to maybe manage that. But that's something I've always done. But there's other things that maybe around the house or maintenance type of issues that maybe you do once a month once a quarter, once every six months, something outside, a, a maintenance issue. Like for me, I always replace the air filters in our furnace. Now before deployments and before showing her, she would have had no idea how to even do it. Like, because if you go down there and look at the furnace, it is not readily apparent how in the world or how in the world to replace it, let alone where it, it even is located or where do we buy salt to put in the water softener and how do we, how does it go in? What, what do we pay attention to? When do we fill it? Just miscellaneous things all around the home and throughout your life that a lot of times you may just like to do this one particular thing and you just always do it. It's just a kind of assumed it's a thing. Uh, our hot tub, I take care of the chemicals and making sure everything is balanced and that the salt system is working properly and, it took me well over a year to kind of crack the code on that one. It took me a long time to figure out how to make sure everything was just right with that thing. And I would definitely, if I was going to leave, I would definitely have to kind of walk alongside her and explain to her what I do, when I do it, what I look for, all the things. So be sure to do that and not wait till until after. Uh, another thing, um, public sharing of information. So social media is rampant. There are geotags on so many things like photos and posts, which essentially identifies location, time, location, when something was taken, stuff like that. So when I was gone in 2020, so many people had no idea I was ever even gone. People in my neighborhood didn't know. Heck, I don't even think a lot of people at work knew because we were during COVID and working remotely. But what do you share? What don't you share? I was always very, very careful when I was 10 hours apart and I could not help or do anything. I did not post publicly on Instagram or social media, Facebook about where I was, how far away I was, because that's just dangerous. You never know when someone's paying a lot more attention than you realize. And they realize, oh, that that is a house with a wife and 
a husband who is on the other side of the world. Looks like a great opportunity to me. And so be very careful about what you share. doesn't mean you go dormant and you crawl under a rock. You can, but I often would post things as if I were home. Not lying, but there was no location to it. And it was, it wasn't like location specific. So a lot of people had no idea that I was even gone. So I really, really protected that. And you should do that all the time, honestly, should protect your family and things like that. But especially during deployment, have a discussion with each other. What are we going to do? And what are we not going to do? And let's be on the same page with this. What about an accountability person, an accountability partner, a great friend? So when the times get tough, and they will, who can you reach out to except for the other person? Is there somebody? I can tell you in my last deployment, um, th- there was nobody over there. I had a few friends that reached out to me, especially when I had some really, really tough times and it got really bad near the end that they would Skype call me, FaceTime me maybe once a week and just touch base. That was super helpful. There's no doubt. Uh, For my wife, she has somebody she's been meeting with since 2012, every single week. They meet every Wednesday and here we are 11 years later and they're still meeting. It's awesome. So having somebody in your court, so when things do get tough, that you can reach out to them and also give them full access to say, speak into my life. If you see something that's not right, say something, please. You have permission to do it. And let that be an understanding that between you two, that you can say what what needs to be said. And if you're feeling something that's just dark and you need to get it out and have someone come alongside you. That's where that person is awesome. If, if you're at home and this other person, your significant other spouse, whomever is far, far away and it may be a tough area, dumping something on them might not always be the best answer, depending on what the situation is. doesn't mean that you're hiding or being secretive, but, they may not be able to help. Now you can definitely talk through things, but you could do more damage than than good. So it's good to have an objective, close person that can be on your team and come alongside you and help you pray with you and be really a partner and to come alongside during, during tough times. But again, you can't just flip a switch and that's just automatic. It's got to be something that you work on throughout life, really. So if you have someone like that, or if you don't have someone like that, maybe something to think about. So, you know, throughout everything I've talked about here today, I don't know if you noticed the theme, communication, 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 you know, how you're going to communicate, when you're going to communicate, recognizing the, the form of communication the other person has know, maybe the frequency of it or the lack thereof, you know, what you communicate by silence, what you communicate by 
um, not having those guardrails in place. You know, there's so much about communication and you have to work on these things now. You can't wait until, Hey, I'm leaving on Monday. We need to work some things out. I mean, it's so, it's so late at that point and you, things just don't work themselves out. These things aren't put into place. You kind of have to start thinking ahead that if you have a job that's going to take you around the world and have massive travel, you really got to have some really great things in place. And when I hear about people who travel extensively all around the world, um, my, my heart kind of hurts for, for their marriage. Um, because for me, you know, we've been married now for, you know, well past 30 years now and gone through multiple deployments, you know, many, many, many months over the years, um, being apart from each other. And still, if I had to go away for two weeks right now, it would hurt. It would, I would miss her badly. Um, I would not be excited about going and I would be super excited to get back and it, it would hurt to be gone. It doesn't get any easier. It just doesn't. So that's it. I hope this um, helped you in some way today. Um, if you have any questions, any thoughts on this topic and want to reach out, never hesitate to. Uh, it is nickbillockrealtor at gmail.com. And if you don't mind, give this a like, give it a comment, feedback, something like that. Share it with a friend. And I will talk to you all next week. And until then, have a great week. Thank you for joining me on today's How To Anything podcast. Please feel free to share it with friends and family, and I hope you'll join me next time. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss out. You can find me on Instagram at garageboxnick or via email at nickbillockrealtor at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to make today great.